0: Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who is active and alive in this place. And so, Lord, that you would manifest yourself to us even when the circumstances of life cloud our vision. In Jesus' name, amen. hear from John's Gospel this morning, uh, the remarkable miracle of Jesus changing water into wine. And this is Jesus' first miracle. This is the way he decides to inaugurate his ministry. Now, I say it's a remarkable miracle, uh, but it's not as big a miracle as he's going to do. You know, it's it's not raising anyone from the dead. Uh, it's not walking on water. In fact, compared to some of his other miracles, this is, this is small, It's quiet, but it is gratuitous. And this is how he decides to inaugurate his ministry. It's a miracle that you could easily miss. It's a miracle that can be explained away when the steward of the wedding feast is brought the wine. He says something I think is very funny and says normally people use the best stuff first and when they've had too much to drink, they bring out the Thunderbird. That's that's how it normally goes. But you, you've saved the best for now. Why is it? that has changed the water into wine only Jesus, Mary, his mother the disciples and the servants knew that it was Jesus that turned the water into wine and so the steward just assumes that they've had this good stuff squirreled away and maybe by oversight they're just now bringing it out and we do hear that the disciples were in awe of what he had done but the party didn't miss a beat it just marched on people continued to celebrate the marriage here in Cana of Galilee everyone else was none the wiser When I read this story of what happened in that village so long ago, I can't help but think of it, especially now after Christmas, uh, that God may actually be working in our midst. He may be working in your life. And how many times we just miss it. We're not able to see God's hand in our lives. And often that which God is doing in my life, I take for granted. And I think about my children and even my own experience if i 'm honest, that that gift that brought so much joy on Christmas morning that they unwrapped under the tree now lays off to the side, forgotten those stinking Legos. Uh, do you know that Legos actually have now made a slipper for parents so that you don 't have to step on them uh, because forget cleaning them up they 're everywhere like that gift that brought so much joy on Christmas Day, now has lost its luster, and often in our own lives, we've forgotten. God's grace and God's mercy, and what He's doing even now. And I understand that feeling. Now, if I'm about to embarrass you, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, an usher found a bullet from our five o'clock Christmas Eve service, and they said, We want you to see that this because it has handwritten notes in it, and you might want to take a look. And of course, that inflated my ego, thinking they took copious sermon notes. Uh, but in it, it said, uh, obviously, a conversation between a husband and a wife. Quote, this is going way past six o'clock. I just want to go home, take my meds, and go to bed. Well, if that's you, um, don't we all know the feeling? Don't we all know the feeling of just wanting to go home and get into bed? No like this miracle, in the moment it's easy to miss what Jesus is doing around us. Even in the midst of a joyous, beautiful, raucous, wonderful five o'clock Christmas Eve service, many of us are thinking of what's coming down the road. In the moment, you might miss it. And many of us are always trying to either live in the past or live in the future, but very rarely live in the now. We always think back to happier times. We look forward to happier times. We were ministering to a family, Lauren and I, who had a senior in high school who was a very unruly girl. And so we and another family were speaking with this family, and one of the parents said in exhaustion, Well, Next year, she goes off to college. So what's the point in doing anything now? And the other mother said, you hold on to your daughter as tight as you can and as long as you can because you have her right now. We forget that God is working now. And we, too, take for granted his fatherhood to us In the same way, we take for granted our own parents as when we were children, and maybe even now. You know who doesn't take for granted the now? Who doesn't take for granted you? Who is interested in these little things? Jesus. We read in verse 11, This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed him. John uses the word signs, not miracles. Miraculous, yes, but they they are signs that point to something, or rather, someone. Everything that Jesus does is meant to point to him. Whether your circumstances seem to be reigning blessing or even curse, we are forever being pointed to the author of our salvation. John doesn't uh, mention uh, the fact that these jugs that were turned into wine were meant to hold water for Jewish rites of purification. That is, that if you contracted something that would make you unclean, uh, there were ritual washings that you would go through, and it was pure, uncolored water. And that's what these jugs were used for, these large stone jars. And John brings this to our attention because he wants to make a point. This water— This water that would make you temporarily clean and able to stand before the presence of God has now been changed into wine. And there will come a day when the cup of salvation shall be running over and you will be covered in the blood of Jesus and you will be made clean once and for all, full stop. It is no temporary blessing to be repeated, but a once and for all sacrifice oblation for the satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. And yet even that remarkable miracle of our own salvation, how often we take for granted that what God has done in Jesus Christ. We explain away God's gifts. They become commonplace. We're like the revelers at the wedding feast. Yes, yes, Jesus died for me. But it fails to move us in the way that it did when we first heard the message of salvation. A friend of mine uh, in ministry, he and his wife have three children of their own, uh, but they've adopted two from China. And uh, the first child they adopted had cleft palate and cleft lip, and the other had a cleft palate. And when they went over to China to get their new baby girl, uh, just a couple months old, uh, when they were over there uh, for the first time, they were able to take her out of the orphanage and walk with her in the streets of that bustling Chinese city. And uh, as they walked, They were going through an area of the stores, and if you've ever been to China— This is how they sell you. They have normally two young, attractive women standing outside of the store, and their whole job is to get you inside. So they'll say anything, really, to get you inside. And once you're inside, if you have something in your hands, you've bought it. Uh, Now it's just a matter of negotiating the price. And so as they're walking down the street with their three children and their new uh, adopted baby daughter, uh, one of these ladies outside of the shop said to them, oh! Americans, what a beautiful family. Look at these handsome two young boys and this beautiful uh, sister uh, of maybe she was maybe 12 or 13 at the time, and what a lovely family. And then her eyes fell upon the little baby with the clept palate and clept lip, and she went silent. And she asked them, Are you Christians? And they said, Yes, we are. And she said, Only Christians take the bad ones. My friends, only Jesus takes the bad ones. He is the only one who can take you and make you clean and give you joy. Not joy that is over when the party ends, but joy everlasting that is sustained and rooted in him. And you may say, Andrew, I'm in a very dark place right now. And I don't feel the joy of the Lord. The hymn that we sang early in the service, written by William Cooper, you may not know this, but I talk about it a lot, but William Cooper suffered from insanity insanity his entire life, and he was driven to such despair that he was often institutionalized and in fact died in a mental institution. And a man who struggled his entire life with insanity and depression wrote these words— Fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. No matter where you are, who you are, what you've done, where you find yourself in life, God's grace is sufficient for you even now. And so this morning, let's stop and think upon the goodness of the Lord Jesus, his great love for you, his provision for you in dying for you. And may God the Holy Spirit rekindle in us the fire of his love, which often seems like it's about to go out and experience the joy of him who is concerned even in the littlest of things in changing water into wine for us. Amen.